Welcome to the House of Labor. This is Studio 371, the podcast, here on Mighty Union Digital Originals, your source for information and insight about our union. We're broadcasting from New York City. Now here's your host, SSCU Local 371 President, Anthony Wells. Good evening, and welcome to Studio 371, our fourth episode. And tonight, our theme, the 2020 Census, Stand Up and Be Counted. We have a special guest with us tonight. We're going to hold off and introduce her for a minute, because we want to talk about why is the census important. And you can go back to, it was in the Constitution in 1790. You can go, that is, responsible for deciding congressional districts and, and, and money to communities. But it's important to be counted. It's important to know that you're important. It's important to know that people have fought to make this process a fair process. And people are chipping in from all walks of life, from all points of business and politics and unions. And tonight, our special guest, out of Brooklyn, (laughs) (laughs) Assemblywoman Tremaine Wright from the 56th Assembly District for now. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. This is such an important topic. It's always my pleasure to come out and talk about it and make sure that we get people excited about it and get them ready to be counted. So I touched on a little bit why it's important, but you, you, you tell us why you think it's important or why it is important. I think you've nailed it on the head. People need to know that they are important and that they need to be counted because no matter how they believe that they're not part of the system, they are the system. They are the reason we exist. They're the reason that we come together. Their li- their quality of life is that what this is all about. And when it, we break it down, if we don't know that you exist, we can't make sure that the things that you need are on the ground ready and available for you. Well, let's take a little, little detour for a minute mm-hmm. because you have a life, you have a career. And talk us a little bit about yourself. So I am the representative for the 56th Assembly District, representing Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights very proudly. And I am in my fourth year at the New York State Assembly, and I'm also the chair of the Legislative Caucus for the Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, and Asian Caucus. And I am also a candidate in the 25th Senate race. And our fearless leader, Senator Velmanette Montgomery, is about to retire, and she has endorsed me as a candidate. So I will be running in the Senate race this Mm -hmm. year. I'm very excited to be taking that on and getting to know a very large chunk of Brooklyn and to serve them as well. Well, I know you're going to do a good job with the larger chunk as you did with the smaller chunk. Thank you. Because you like to get things done. And, and you have a wonderful that. relationship with, I know, with your constituents and, and, and other groups. Because coalition building is so important today. And being able to hear each other's messages are so, are so important. We're going to take a commercial break. We like to do labor victory moments. And we're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Courage in the Face of Tyranny. Activist Fannie Lou Hamer was one of the most powerful voices of the civil and voting rights movements. Fannie Lou Hamer, born in 1917, was the 20th child of Mississippi sharecroppers, forced to leave school at the age of 12 to support her family by picking cotton. She and a group of activists attempted to register to vote. She was fired from her job and nearly killed by white supremacists who shot into the home she was staying in. Hamer attempted to register twice more before she passed the unjust test designed to disenfranchise African Americans. 
1963, Hamer became a field secretary for the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, where she began to register other black voters. That year, she was arrested with other nonviolent activists. On police orders, she was beaten nearly to death in a Mississippi prison. She suffered permanent kidney and eye damage. Still, she continued her activism, helping to organize the 1964 Freedom Summer to register black voters. She also co-founded the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party to force U.S. Democrats to allow black delegates. Hamer ran for a U.S. Senate seat, worked on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Poor People's Campaign, and formed the Freedom Farm Cooperative to economically lift up African Americans. She did all of this before dying at just 59 years old. Hamer is remembered for her famous quote, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. So welcome back. That moment was really about one of my heroes, my heroes, Fane Luhamer. And it's so great to have you on when we talk about her. And she's known for a lot of great things. She fought the fight in Mississippi where her life was in danger. She was beaten. Like she said, like she was a man. But she also made a difference. And mostly she's known for sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that means do something. And you've been doing that for your career. Let's switch back into the census because there's a whole lot of stuff out there. I think, talk about the victory when the president of the United States tried to include immigration status. A census, yes. A census does not worry about your immigration status. The census is about counting the people who are present here in our country that we are responsible for and we are responsible for all of the folks who call the USA home. I think you put it real good. So I have a list here. I got to look down every once in a while mm-hmm. about some myths, and I want you to address yes. these myths. Uh, let's count. Let's start with this one. The Constitution says to only count citizens. No way. We know that's not true, and thank God that question is gone. We will not be dealing with it this year. Um, it was a big mistake to even introduce it, and I'm glad that we finally got it resolved. Another myth is it's not a big deal if they're not counted in the census. We need everybody to be counted. Those numbers dictate so many different things and how we operate as investors, as educators, as builders, as urban planners, and also as government. So we need everyone counted. So another myth that the information provided can be taken by the government and used against the people. The government is taking it. We are giving it to them. However, it is a discrete organization within the government which gets to count and process this information. No other arm of government gets to use it, and they cannot come after you for taxes or child support or anything else. Only thing we can do with it is report the number of people present. And there's been no problem getting people to fill out census. This is just a hoax. People, people I fill wish out that the was the case. But unfortunately, so many of our communities in Brooklyn and New York City at large are hard to count. That's what we often refer to as the communities where less than 60% of the people actually respond, hard to count areas. And we've got to make a real point so that all of these communities, oftentimes it's people don't report the kids that are under five years old. Right. Or because they're, somebody was staying at their house for a short period of time, they don't include that person. Let's count them. You need to count every last person that calls your house home and every person that's staying in there. 
That's everybody. Everybody. <laughs> what other things that you're doing in regards to the census? I know you're promoting doing the census, but you're doing other activities also. Yeah, so we're definitely trying to make sure that people take advantage of this opportunity. It's an economic opportunity as well. So we're the census is hiring thousands upon thousands of people to work, and you can fill out an application still. You can do it through the end of the month of February. And every Tuesday and Thursday in our office, between the hours of 11 and 3 p.m., we open our doors and allow people to come in to use our computers, have a second set of eyes, and get any assistance and questions, answers that they need. So are you satisfied with the efforts being given for people to do this instance? Have you seen a, a, a uptick in activity? I've seen some really good work being done. So I'm going to say we have folks that want to count their blocks. And we're engaging them, teaching them how to use the online tools so that they know how to use the maps and the real-time data. We are actually completing our census forms online in addition to the telephone and the mail. So we're clear. Right, we know how important this is, and and your message will be gotten and vote. But I want to go back to you again, one mm-hmm. because I've read some of your experiences. You were a businesswoman. Yes. You, you, I think you ran a community organization. I was the chair of our community board for over three years. I sat on the community board for 14 years. I had a small business in my neighborhood for almost 10 years, a little more than nine years. Um, I've lived in my neighborhood since I was born. My grandparents lived there. I am. Fortunately, I attended wonderful schools in my neighborhood, Catholic, public, private, you name it, I've gone there, and I've had a fabulous education as a result. And I think that that is what this is about. It's about knowing how many people are on the ground, so we know how many schools, how many pools we need, how many roads we money we're going to get so that we can fix those roads, Mm -hmm. and the types of businesses that are going to thrive in our community. I read the census report when I was thinking about my coffee shop. I wanted to know what time folks got up and went to work. <laughs> yeah, you need that, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. So the information is there for, for a variety of, of, of usage. So before we close, I can't have you in this room without talking about the 2020 elections, both on a national level and on on a local level, obviously. You're so in I'm going to start with the local. Well, I think so. It's not bad. <laughs> Let me see. Mm, go ahead. <laughs> so we're voting for everyone across this state in 2020. We're going to um, new assembly members. New senators. Um, we're going to have our Congress people on the the ballot as well, and that's federal. But we want to make sure that everybody knows that they need to know who's running and who's the new candidates in their district. So, for example, in the 56th Assembly District, I am supporting the new candidate Stephanie Zinnerman, and I hope that she is very successful and able to represent us. In the 25th Senate District, I am running. And I, pr- I hope that I am able to proudly serve them. I think that we're going to see a lot of transition and change um, at this moment in time. But we always have to remember that we have to have people in office who hear and understand and listen to community and know that it is their job to go up and amplify the voices of those that they represent. So we're not going to leave before I ask this other question, but mm-hmm. we have to bring you back because it's, it's going to require an extended answer. But mm-hmm. describe your relationship with labor and your support of organized labor and, and, and unions, mm-hmm. unions in this city. Talk about your relationship. So my mom was in a union. She was 1199, so she's now a retiree there. My sister was 1199. She also rose to the ranks in leadership. My father was in the post office, and he works for the post office, and so he was in the postal workers union. So I've had a lot of union contact growing up, and I imagined that that was sort of the norm and and not the exception. 
It was later that I learned that it was the exception. I'm a lawyer, so unfortunately, I've never been in a union personally. I've just reaped benefits from being close to them, and I've learned how to support them. Because even as a lawyer, we learned that all of the protections that we have as workers in this country came from workers' movements. Everything from the 40-hour week to having paid time off to even having our hours counted accurately, everything came out of it. Um, and I always remember it's a ba- it was the bakers that got us the 40 hours work 40 hour work week. Um, that's really important and I think that we always have to support it. So continuously throughout my life, I have continued to support the labor movement. I have always stood um, with them to make sure that they have good contracts, reasonable, understood, terms so that all of their workers know these are the things that are for our benefit and this is how we actually help build community and stabilize ourselves in that community. Because I think it's also important to remember we've got to have people in our communities that can put down roots. And those are largely, usually, members of unions because they know that they have some longevity in their work. They can make commitments to own homes and then they build our communities. That's why we love New York City and that's why everybody else loves it and keeps moving here. (laughs) That's right. And I thank you for being on this program. Thank you for having Uh, me. You know, we've worked with you for your term in in, in office and we look forward to continuing that relationship. I wish you luck and thank you for bringing this important issue to our our members. Thank you for having me. We thank you for joining us. Our next episode five will be about benefits and what they mean to you and what they are. But in the meantime, don't waste a minute. Get that census, fill it out. Don't put it to the side and do it tomorrow. Do it today. God bless you and God bless the union. In celebration of Black History Month, the New York Daily News did a special pullout on labor leaders featuring our president, Anthony Wells, amongst other great leaders. We salute you for this outstanding achievement. Thanks for listening to Studio 371 with President Anthony Wells. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, www.mightyunion.org. Or please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, Union Strong, Union Proud. Union Proud.